Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. And my confidence is this. We see in the human history, and that's what we're going to look at tonight just ever so briefly, is this God's redemptive plan, and knowing this, it involves Sri Lanka. God wants to see Sri Lankans come to Christ. Well, let me just say this. God wants to see all people come to Christ. We're going to read here in just a moment, so if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter number 7. Some of my confidence is is amazing part about the book of Revelation is we get to see some things that are going to happen that have yet to happen. It's like you get a, a future glimpse of what's going to take place, and it's like, the surprise is gone because you know what's going to happen. And, and I love it. So the, the Apostle John in the book of Revelation is going to give us a future glimpse. And we're going to read two verses. And what we're going to read about is about, oh, well, well, let's just read it. We get a future glimpse. So in, in Revelation chapter number 7, this is an event. What we're going to read um, will happen but has not happened. And it's a, it, this is a surety. We, we don't have to think, well, maybe this will happen. Th- this is going to take place. And so look what John says in verse number 9 of Revelation chapter number 7. This is some of our confidence why we would go and why we should, why would missionaries be saved by God's help and God's grace? Look at verse number 9. John says this, After this I beheld... And notice this, you got, you got to get this in your mind. you got to have an imagination. The Bible, by the way, is not boring, amen? But sometimes you got to think on it. And John says this, and lo, a great multitude. So John, in this, this future vision, he sees a great multitude. Well, how large is it? Well, let's just keep reading. It says this, a great multitude, which this, here it is, which no man could number. So, so, so look up here for a moment. Imagine with me, John gets a future glimpse and he sees what would be this, a numerous host. There is so many people, you can't even count them. All around him. You, you couldn't begin to count them. You couldn't fit them in a stadium. I mean, you, there's, no, I mean there's nothing here that you could fit them here in, the, in America or in the, in the world here. I mean, just a, a sea of humanity. A sea of people. And then it gets really good. Because I wonder where these people come from. Well, just keep reading. It says this. He sees this numerous host, which no man could number. And then I want you to help me here. Of, and then notice this. All what? Nations. He says from all nations. And what? Kindreds. And what? People. And what? Tongues. All right, uh, so, 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 so imagine with me, right? You, you, you're seeing the host of people, and now you look around, and guess what you see? John sees people from India, and he sees people from Pakistan, and he sees people from Canada, and he sees people from Brazil, and he sees people from Indonesia, and he sees people from Europe, from the Netherlands, from Germany, from France. He sees people from South America. He sees someone from Argentina, and someone from Chile and Bolivia. He even sees some people from a remote tribe in South America that lives in the Amazon that doesn't even know what an iPhone is. And there's some people from that remote 
not even really connected with much of civilization, and there's some people there that day. And you know what he looks around? And he sees people, how in the world, from North Korea. And he sees people from Afghanistan and people from Syria. And he sees people from Yemen. And he sees people from Moses Lake. He even sees some pastor's kids. Hopefully the pastor's there that day. Because what we're going to see is this. It's the saved people there on that day. And there's going to be people there that day who their whole life they were in church. I mean, they went to Sunday school and they had a funeral in the church service and all in between, they, they were in church every single day. And on that day, not only people from all of these different countries, but all different walks of life. There's gonna be people who their whole earthly life were locked up in a jail. And somehow they're gonna be there on that day. There's gonna be people who come from broken homes there on that day. Well, watch this. There's going to be people there someday who their mom and dad were atheists and told them there is no God. Don't, don't even, there's no God. And their child ends up here on that day. And they're going to come from everywhere. And there's going to be people who had a horrible life, stuck in human trafficking, and really lived a miserable life and were tricked and were taken from a country and they fled a country and they were then forced into human trafficking and they're going to be there on that day. There's going to be people who had a squeaky clean life there on that day. There's going to be people who had a lot of baggage there on that day. And then notice what these people do. Look at, watch this. From all different places. You, you imagine with me, from, I mean, it's all kinds of walks of life. People we would think like, uh, how'd he get here? I mean, I saw that guy in Walmart. That's the last person I think I was going to see there on that day. Come on, there's some interesting characters at Walmart. Come on. I mean, if you just want to be entertained, you know what I mean? Cheap entertainment, just go to Walmart. <laughs> all right, anyways, back to the message. Back to the Bible. And from all these different places, and look what they did. They stood before the throne, and then notice this, before the Lamb. Well, who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And then notice their attire. Notice this. The Bible says, and it's important why it says this, clothed with white robes. You say, well, what's significant about that? They've been washed. Everyone on that day right there has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. We're talking about the people here on this day are the saved. Those who have placed their faith in the Lamb of God, those who by Christ shed blood, he has washed and made pure. What I'm saying is this, this isn't universally all people. This is only the saved. And the Bible says they're going to come from all nations. You know what, I'm glad that on that day and in heaven, it's not just going to be Americans there. No, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be the most diverse group of people you've ever seen. I mean, we read it. There's going to be such great diversity there on that day. And there, in fact, they're going to cry, it says in, in verse number 10, with a loud voice. And basically, they're praising God. Well, why are they praising God? Because they've been redeemed, that they've been ransomed, that they've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, that God changed their life, that God rescued them, that God saved them. And they are basically giving praise, and they are glorifying God with their voice, and it's a loud voice because they're happy about it. And I imagine when, when we get to heaven, and by the way, hopefully you're going to be there on that day. If you've been washed, you'll be there on that day. 
And my question, and I want you to think about it, is this. How? I know, I know the, the easy answer, but how? How does someone who grows up in India, in a remote tribe, in a remote part of India, how do they end up washed and there on that day? No, no, how, how does someone from Pakistan, 99% Islamic, how do they end up there on that day? How does someone from northern Yemen, where they estimate, there's more in southern Yemen, but in northern Yemen there's a few million people, and they estimate 20 to 30 believers. There's more believers in, northern, more believers in this room than in northern Yemen. How do they end up there on that day? How does someone whose mom told them there is no God their whole life end up there on that day? How does someone, since 16 years old, when they took someone's life, tried as an adult, has a life sentence, dies in prison, how do they end up there on that day? How do you end up there on that day? How does someone in Sri Lanka named Paul end up there on that day? You see, Paul was a Hindu. His father was a Hindu. What his grandfather was? Hindu. Everyone he knew was a Hindu. And Paul's going to be gone that day. But Paul was not just going to be there on that day. Because Paul, after he got saved and got washed, he dedicated his kids to the Lord. That didn't mean that they automatically were in. But his oldest son named Shankar, he got washed by the blood of the Lamb. And he's going to be there on that day. But you're not just going to see Paul and Shankar there. You're going to see a whole bunch of other Sri Lankans there right alongside with him. Because for the last 14 years, Shankar's been a national pastor in Sri Lanka. And Paul's oldest son, Shankar, won't be the only one there. You'll also meet his other son named Gobi. And Gobi's not going to be there alone, but there's going to be maybe even a larger host of people with Gobi, a bunch of Sri Lankans, because for the last 12 years, Gobi's been a national pastor. And you're not just going to meet Paul and his oldest son, Shankar, and his next son, Gobi. You're going to meet his only daughter, Malini. And for the last four years, her husband's been pastoring a church. And she's also been teaching English classes in Sri Lanka. I almost missed a step. And this is her textbook. And there's going to be a whole bunch of Sri Lankans. How? Well, here's how an American missionary named Terry Unruh faithfully preached Jesus Christ in a country called Sri Lanka for 30 years. And now God has used those men to pastor true churches. And those two men have trained three other men. And those churches have now started three other churches. And hundreds of Sri Lankans have been saved. How? How? Well, here's how. They heard about the Lamb. No one gets there without hearing about the Lamb. No one believes they are there on that day because they're lucky, they're fortunate enough. No how they're there is this, they heard about the Lamb of God. Here's how they came in contact with the Lamb of God and were saved. Well, how did they hear about the Lamb of God? Well, how has anyone ever heard about the Lamb of God? How has, how has all these people, and there's going to be a host of people, I mean a throng of people, I don't even know how many to say that there's going to be. Uh, the Bible just says numberless, maybe billions, 
Millions for sure. And how are they going to be there? Well, they heard about the lamb. And how did they hear about the lamb? Well, for all of human history, you know how they've heard about the lamb? God's used ordinary people to have someone tell someone else about the lamb of God. Because you see, God's redemptive plan is this. All nations, all people, all walks of life. And his redemption plan does this. It involves you. You know how people get there? Someone told them. You know how I got there? Well, yeah, God's saved. But how I got there is this. A 72-year-old youth pastor shared Jesus with me. Dean Price. Remember Dean Price? My youth pastor was 72 years old. Now, I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying that's not young. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't. God can't use you at any age. And I'll be there on that day because of the Lamb of God, but through the bold proclamation of a man in Summit View Avenue, Yakima, Washington, across the street from a Presbyterian church that I went from ages zero to seven at a McDonald's, he shared Christ with me. And it was the seed of that clear gospel person. I didn't get saved at that moment, but that's never been more clear in my life, my need for salvation at that time. And he continued to pray and continued to talk to me about it. And I'll be there on that day, yes, because I got saved, but because of him. Are we, are we clear on that? And everyone's always been saved from an ordinary person sharing them the gospel, from their testimony, from giving them a gospel tract, from praying for them, from talking to them about it, for inviting them to church. I mean, there's some way. God's always used ordinary people just like you. And someone says, man, I mean, I know you're a missionary and God's gonna use you. Well, no, God wants to use you in Moses Lake the same degree that he wants to use me in Sri Lanka. Mine just seems to be a little more glorious because I can talk to you about all the, the things going on and I can talk to you about their idolatrous practice and I can give you cool stories how some of the Hindus, they'll put giant hooks into their back and they'll tie ropes to them and they'll suspend themselves from a vehicle and they'll tape basically what they would tape or glue onto themselves like feather looking things and they'll hang with these hooks in their back propelled in the air and I can tell you these cool stories you say, oh, you're gonna reach those people. That's awesome. Well, Telling your neighbor who works at UPS is just as much in need of the gospel as that man who propels himself with hooks. Mine just seems more glorious. I have to, I'm trying to make fun of myself. That's good to laugh. Thank you, all right? I'm not very funny, so I really need you. If it's even remotely trying to be funny, you sense it, just laugh, okay? Okay, thank you, all right? You're going to make me feel good about myself because my, my wife doesn't laugh at my jokes, all right? Anyways, no, my wife's awesome. But God wants to use you as much as he wants to use me. He uses, God, you know who God's only used? Ordinary people. No, I want you, I want you to think well, real quick, we have to do this. Let's, let's get rid of Judas, because he, I mean, he got rid of himself. <laughs> he did, didn't he? So now we got 11 disciples, right? Jesus picked these men, right? It's not like they said, oh, Jesus. No, Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Let me ask you, I want you to think about who God uses, those 11 men, is this safe to, this seems like a good place, Pastor. I'm sorry if I break, oh man, it's kind of, I don't want to break anything here. The guests break something, that's not good. 11 disciples, let me ask you this. Do those 11 disciples have any issues? Those 11, yeah, do they have any issues? Do the disciples have any issues? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Selfish? God, or Jesus, can I be on your right hand? 
mean, other times they said, uh, little kids, get, get out of here. Jesus won't have time for you. And Jesus said, uh, what? How about you guys get out of here? I got time for kids. You know, I think about Peter. Did Peter have issues? Yeah, Peter, Peter he, he literally in his earthly ministry walked on one foot. The other foot was in his mouth. The whole time, you know? Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they had issues. And then, and then think about this. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus, after he'd picked the 11 guys, after all of their issues, Jesus tells them after his resurrection in Matthew chapter number 28, we could go to a Great Commission passage actually at the end of every gospel. After his resurrection, Jesus still confirms to these 11 guys, I want to use you. In the Great Commission, he tells them that. I want to use you to teach or to evangelize all nations. I want you to think who he's picking. And then also remember, when he gave him the Great Commission at the end of his life and he says, uh, I want you to evangelize all the nations, you know what those, where those guys were two weeks ago or a week ago? That was at his um, death when he was on the cross. It was one or two weeks before that. Where were the 11 disciples when Jesus died? Now, we know what they claimed they were going to do. I mean, what did Peter say? I will, oh man, I will never deny you. Where did you find those 11 guys when he was on the cross? They fled. The Bible says John stood afar off. So it's like he didn't quite flee just as much, you know. I mean, he fled, but I mean, he, he was at least eyesight of Jesus. They left, did they not leave Jesus high and dry? I mean, I mean, think about Peter. Peter, Peter denied him three times. They asked Peter, hey, Peter, uh, you're, you're his disciple, right? Peter said, I don't know the man. They said, Peter, come on. We know, we, we've seen you with Jesus. I don't know the man. Denial number two. Two. Third time they say, we have video surveillance evidence from the Chinese. You are with him. <laughs> okay, they didn't really have that, but, but they said, we know. I mean, they, they, we know you. And Peter said, I don't know the man. I don't want anything to do with the man. We don't exactly know if it's a week or two weeks later, but I'm talking about days later, Jesus says to that man, the man who forsook him, the men who denied him, the men who fled, the men who doubted, the men who were afraid. John 20 says this, they, they locked themselves up for the fear of the Jews. These guys are scared out of their mind. And Jesus says to these men, with all of their issues, I want to use you. And Jesus didn't pick those 11 men because he thought that they could get the task done. Now, I don't know about you, but when I need a task done, I'm going to get people that are competent. Like if I'm going to, like I know that you're hopefully, by God's grace, purchasing land, building the building. I, I guarantee you, you're not going to ask the children to design it. You're not, right? Okay, good. And then there's a guy in the church that's in, you know, and he, he's a lumberjack, and he's probably not going to design the church either. Yeah, I could design, you know. No, no, no. no. You're not going to get that. You know, if I need some nice graphics or whatnot, I'm not going to ask an Oklahoma cowboy to design something for me. Oh, yeah, I can make you a good graphic. You know, no. You're going to pick someone who is competent. You look at these 11 disciples, and these are not who you would pick to evangelize the whole known world. And yet Jesus picked them. And here it is. Jesus picked these 11 men because he knew what the Spirit of God could do through them.
And really what I'm telling you is this. God has a redemptive plan, and he wants to see people from every nation, from every kindred, from every tribe, from every tongue, from every part of the world, from every walk of life, from all of those different places. He, he, he all, all of those, all different kinds of backgrounds, and he wants to see those redeemed, and you're part of that plan. You're part of that plan, and God wants to use you. You know what he wants you to do? Use you to reach your neighbors. What he wants you to do is reach your, your coworkers. Well, well how, 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 how could someone from Moses Lake be there on that day? Well, maybe someone that knows Jesus in Moses Lake tells them. Maybe someone in Moses Lake starts praying for someone. Maybe that cashier that you always see or that, that person that serves you your coffee or that, that place you always run through every, every single week. Start praying for that person. Start talking to that person. Start inviting that person. Start sharing Christ with that person because God wants to see that person there on that day. And the people you might say, I don't know he wants to be there. Everyone in Walmart, all the weird people, God wants to see them saved. Because it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter their appearance. It doesn't matter that. God's after them. And the person who grew up an atheist here in Moses Lake needs to hear about the love of the creator God who exists. And what I'm saying, church, is this. I want you to think about it in closing. Not, not, not in a guilty sense. But if we're guilty, we're guilty, right? <laughs> but just ponder and think. That day is going to happen, Revelation 7. It's going to happen. Would you agree? We're not here for numbers like, oh, yeah, I got three this week. But at the same time, you have been placed here. You can't force anyone to accept the Savior, but it is your responsibility that everyone hears about the Savior. And because God wants to see all people saved, we should witness and share Christ indiscriminately with everyone about us. Everyone has to have a circle of influence, and God wants to use you, an ordinary person, to give them the gospel, pray for them, and share Christ. There's more that could be said, but I think that you understand it tonight. Will people be there on that day because of you? God's redemptive plan is for all people, and it involves you. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.